Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. You know, speaking of the event that I'm going to talk about, I kind of feel like... Um, <laughs> She's jumping in, everyone. Spending time with you yeah. is the same name of this event. Really? Oh, I, I, House I, of Whores. I'm going to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're calling me a whore? With an H. She just called me a whore, y'all. A horror. I'm a horror. For those of you... Just ignore me. I am. Yep. You tried. For those of you who like those kids out there who like hip hop. <laughs> oh, you sounded like such a grandma I know. just now. SoCal Scariest Event. SoCal is Southern California for those of you who <laughs> are unfamiliar. House of Horrors comes to Playhouse Nightclub in L.A. filled with zombies and ghouls for a frightening experience. Get ready to enter a venue of death. Hollywood's best DJs prepare for a gruesome night with hip-hop and top 40 songs. <laughs> it gets a five out of five, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. See, I encouraged her by laughing, and then, ugh. So you can go to the Playhouse. <laughs> that sounds fun. And have a night with zombies and ghouls while you dance your little booties off and get scared. Sounds fun. Is that something you would go to? It would not be, <laughs> uh, but I know a lot of people that would like it. It's October 3rd. Tickets are on sale now, and it's in L.A. Oh, fantastic. We try to spread it around, even if it's something that we wouldn't go to. Yeah. Da dancing in the, with the ghouls is super fun. I mean, I, I might. I just don't know in, in, the, in lieu of all this. Oh, there's COVID a lot stuff. to choose from. There's yeah, a lot to I don't choose know from. If, if like if there was nothing else going on in the season, sure. I'd be like, yeah, that might be kind of fun. But there's no shortage of Halloween events. <laughs> in fact, we struggle because there's so many. Maybe if it was a different time of year, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know. The, anyway, the ghouls in April, we would we would definitely be there. <laughs> oh, she almost did a spit take. The ghouls of ghouls <laughs> of April. Yeah, I feel like it's a new <laughs> it's a new thing. Yeah. All right, so next is a little segment we like to call Horror Facts with Kath. Oh, she did a variation, y'all. Okay, let's see. In the 2006 remake, yeah. Lance Heinrichsen's voice is the voice of the killer where another actor fit the physical build and actually plays the killer. Okay. Number dose. This movie... I'm going to read this one last. Oh, <laughs> Number two. Known as one of the scariest openings in horror film history. Number four. Kevin Williamson paid tribute to this film in the opening scene of his script for Wes Craven's Scream. Number, well, this is the real number four. The movie was made famous by the infamous logline, <laughs> Have You Checked the Children?, Oh. And then the last one is this movie is based on the mysterious death of 13-year-old Janet Chrisman. You know the story. Yeah. You just don't remember the name of the movie. No. The call is coming from inside the house. Oh, hold on. I, I think I got it. The call is coming from inside the house. Have you checked the children? 
the stranger, the stranger calls when a when, when, a, when, when a, a stranger, stranger calls. calls. I got it. Yeah, you got it. Thank God. Oh shush. <laughs> <laughs> you know everyone in there. I got it. You know everyone is like everyone in the Discord right now is like. Oh, thank oh, God. Thank God. And also anybody who I realize a lot of our regular listeners are not patrons and not on the Discord, but I have a feeling that they are. Re- <laughs> I've been accused of like I was going to strangle you if you didn't get that one. But hey, listen, I'm remedial. All right, don't make fun of the remedial girl. Jesus, <sighs> or do whatever. I can take it. I finally got through the documentary series cursed films on so shutter <laughs> excuse me god bless you thank you because kathy has been talking about it for a long time or like mentions it from time to time and i know you really enjoyed it and i don't know one day i just kind of watched them all over the course of a couple of days like in the morning <laughs> i tend to watch horror things in the morning before work i do sometimes too i like horror in the morning and so what I will say is this. So cursed films, let's let's I'm going to revisit it just because I think it deserves that 2020 American documentary streaming on Shudder. There are five episodes in season one, I think, and then a few more or oh, season two may include. <laughs> so I don't know that they've done it yet. So there was The Exorcist. There was The Omen. There was Poltergeist. The Crow and Twilight Zone. Yeah. And so I watched all of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all of them are great. So obviously movies from the 70s and 80s, although The Crow was in 94. So that was the outlier for the 90s. I really enjoyed it. What I would say is that I, I wanted a little bit more from it, actually. I kind of wanted a little bit more. I did feel... Okay, here's what I thought. Spit it out! There... It's called Cursed Films. Each film has a reputation or an urban legend around being cursed. I'm going into it thinking, okay, they're going to tell me how it's cursed. Like, tell me how it was really, like, the fear that was really on the set. And what it actually was is each film, to varying degrees, a couple of the films, it was very much like every single person they interviewed was like, the curses are full of shit and here's why all about how the films weren't cursed and those people yeah, sort of saying you. and mm-hmm. just and it's i still enjoyed the hell out of it because i love all of those movies oh. and so i really enjoyed all of the trivia and hearing from the people who worked on it and the twilight zone was hearts and soul crushing the the deaths that happened on that set were so like heart-wrenching and so sad could but. you arguably state though that the exorcist and poltergeist were cursed yeah yeah well yeah those first two episodes so those i think were the first those are the first two i think and i really feel like those two they were going for what i was expecting from the series which is like let's let's go with a premise that it was cursed for fun right like i don't necessarily believe in curses so let's go with the idea that it's cursed for fun don't be a killjoy yeah just to sort of like see see it right like Mm -hmm. i wanted to see it i wanted to see like okay how is it cursed and then those last three it was very much like everybody they interviewed was trying to justify how it wasn't cursed and how it was bullshit and why are you interviewing me about how it's cursed (laughs) and so i started to started to lose the love for the curse i see yeah because they really when you walk through the crow and you find out what happened. Here's the one that really, that episode though, where you find out what's the actor's name who actually did it. 
Yeah. You know, he's passed away since yes. then. I love him. Uh, oh, he was great. I mean, the fact that he had to live with that. Brandon. Lee. No, Brandon Lee's who died. Oh, oh, oh. The oh. actor who actually shot the gun that had oh, the bullet God. lodged. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. passed since then. And but, the guy that, the, the props guy, the weapons guy, yeah. they interviewed, he was crying. I mean, it was. So this is what I'm saying. The Crow and Twilight Zone, which were the two last ones that they did, those episodes were heartbreaking. Really heartbreaking. It was more like. It was more like not cursed films, but more like tragic film. Film tragedy was really what those episodes were about, which, like I'm saying, it was still very gripping and interesting. And knowing the details of what happened was very I wanted that and I understood it and it was very interesting. But it wasn't the cursed films part. Like I kept going like, oh, they're just talking about how it was actually tragic and not cursed. And so that's fine. Some of them were saying, listen, we're part of a cursed films series, but our film wasn't cursed. It was tragic. Right. And, and the, so on. The Twilight Zone was really tragic, too. Very now, but tra let's talk about. Let's. Poltergeist, where they took a cast of the dead guy's face. The death mask, yeah. And used it on the new actor. Yeah. They and they're did. like, they're pretty sure that they took that after, like, post-mortem. Yeah, so they, they were saying, like, well, one of the guys says, I don't know when they took that mask. <laughs> but right. the guy dies, and so they got to finish the movie. They're saying they took a death mask. Nobody was really sure. They used a lot of vague language. They wanted us to believe that they took a death mask of the old guy when he was dead. But some, one of the guys was like, I think probably when he was alive it was taken. But they took it, and then they put it on the new guy so he would look like the, the dead guy. Right. Like what? Oh. It's really, it was really bizarre. Well, and that's what was so rough about Poltergeist with the girl. The girl dying in the sequels. The young, the girl, and then... Them, Carol Ann. Uh, yeah, and then... Come to the light. The director being so heartbroken and so oppositional to having to shoot that movie in the first place. Then she dies, and then they've got a... He was like... We, we just stopped down like we were going to quit. And then they the studio or what have you was like, no, we have to finish the film. We have to finish the film. And so they had to shoot all these scenes after this beloved young girl that they'd yeah. all known died. Then they have to shoot all these scenes with like a fake Carrie Ann, some young, poor young blonde little girl that had to be like with her face obscured from camera. And they had to sh finish shooting. Like we need you to look like the girl who died. After they lost this girl tragically yeah. to an undiagnosed basically, issue basically like a, a sepsis i mean it was ended up Awful. being like a bowel but it was misdiagnosed right and so then she died i mean just yeah tragedy you know they used real corpses in the the first one the indian burial those were all real corpses like yeah. real skeletons i oh, mean that is yeah. what they say yeah. Well, for the 80s, I, I mean, they did on Pirates of the Caribbean back in the day, too, you know? Well, and one of, yeah, well, and that's kind of how I would normalize it is that one of the guys is like, yeah, everybody makes such a big deal that's about how they, they use corpses, but like every low budget move used yeah. real corpses because who, nobody can afford to make fake corpses. Right. So that really puts it in perspective for anybody who's like, oh my God, they made real corpses. Of course they did. Well, I, I guess the reason. <laughs> they didn't have I, any money. <laughs> the reason I brought it up was it does contribute to the, the creep factor just because that was supposed to be that you find out that it's over an Indian burial ground, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and they all start coming alive. Ooh, no, I really enjoyed it. Hey, mm -hmm. you know what? In in keeping with this, I just want to add actually a piece of news. 
I know we're into the movie stuff, but this is about The Exorcist. So David Gordon Green's The Exorcist will be a direct sequel. So the director of Halloween Kills, David Gordon Green, confirms that his upcoming film, The Exorcist, will be a direct continuation of the 1973 sequel. Mm. Reboot, but it's a direct sequel rather than a remake or a reimagining. They're actually going to do a sequel, which I think was news because it's not surprising because of the Halloween, the success with his Halloween series. Mm -hmm. It's kind of not surprising that he would do a sequel instead of like a full reboot. I mean, who wants to do a, a, a reboot of The Exorcist again? Yeah. I, I get that people said that about Halloween too. So I, I, I understand that. But I mean, there was this double feature of The Exorcist and then there was The Exorcist, The Beginning and Dominion. The Beginning was terrifying. And then we had some, uh, a couple of seasons of The Exorcist series, which I haven't seen. Uh, so I don't know anything about that. But I wanted to mention that because we were talking about The Exorcist with Chris yeah. Films. But anyway, yeah. what did you watch? I watched a movie called Malevolent, 2018 on Netflix. Okay. This was interesting. A brother-sister team that fabricates paranormal encounters for cash gets more than it bargains for when it takes a job in an estate. They take a job in an estate where all these really weird things start to happen and they realize that they're not... This is not being fabricated anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a British horror film from 2018. It's based on a novel called Hush. The film centers on a team of scam artists who are making money from faked paranormal encounters. During an assignment at a country house, the team gets more than they bargained for, and one by one, they begin to lose grip on reality. I think this is one of those where it starts off, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be any good. It sounds kind of corny. But once it starts to move and you realize, like you think that they're going to be the central characters of the film and sort right. of like, it's all about them. But when they get to this house and all this weird stuff starts to happen, it takes a turn. And now really who run the film are the actors, I mean the actors, the characters <laughs> who who live at the house and these guys sort of become secondary. Mm. And so it, ta it takes a twist that way, which then to me is where it gets really good and really suspenseful. Okay. So it just, let's see. I think why I liked it so much is movies like this have been made a number of times, but when it makes that turn, which I don't want to give it away because I think people should see it. Mm -hmm. um, it really just changes the tone of the movie. So the siblings are, are captured one by one by the people who are living in the home. But you don't know whether they're being captured as like, you know, are they possessed and that's what's happening? Or are they just having a revenge on these people because they know that they're mm -hmm. fake? Mm -hmm. um, so you, I don't want to give too much of it away, but I, it was fun and it was creepy. Sounds like it. And I want to find, because let me find the cast real quickly, because the one woman who plays the mother, the older mother, Celia Imry, plays Ms. Green. If you look her up, you'll know her face. Okay. And she's awesome in it. And she plays a really good, like, psychopath, like female psychopathic character in the film. Okay. And so she is the one who essentially takes over the film. Once they get to this house. That's why I was like, when you first start it, you're like, okay, it's, you know, three young adults. We've seen this and they're yeah, going to do this up. paranormal stuff. But once it gets to the house and she sort of takes over, she's an English actress. You'll know her from things when you see her face. Okay. 
she, I think, kind of steals the movie. <laughs> Which is great because you do want somebody to come in and make it really good, especially after the initial setup. It's so hard to make a unique. It is, there are, and that's why I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. It's probably going to be something that I've seen before. And there are elements of it, you know, that have been made before, this whole paranormal thing. But like I said, when it takes that twist and she becomes a central part of the movie, that's when I thought it got good. It's Mrs. Green. Oh, yeah. Celia Imry. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I have seen her a bunch of UK stuff. She's great. Comedies as well. Oh, she's, she's fantastic. Been a, she's been in a couple of really good comedies as an older woman. Yep. She's amazing. And so... When she comes in, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> now we're going. And she plays this character so well. Now we're cooking with yeah. gas, right? Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Yep. I'll have to watch that one. That's awesome. I watched some slop. There's a movie with Tom Green called Interviewing Monsters and Bigfoot. Oh my God. Yeah. 2019, an hour and 45 minutes. Supposed to be a oh. comedy. How long? Hour and oh, I thought you 45 said two hours and 45. Lord, like, why'd no. you do that to yourself? It's <laughs> Tom would, Green. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I, no. So by the book for a stranger, Billy Teal is dead set on preventing Corey Mathis from finding the truth about the Mark Twain forest. Mathis, a professor, claims Bigfoot killed his wife, turning him into a man obsessed with revenge. Mathis partners up with a team of misfits for the capture of the creature. But Ranger Teal a covert government agency and a serial hoaxer have other plans. Okay. So already you have no idea what's going on. Correct. Right. <laughs> so idiotic. So I can't bad. even tell you. Yeah. So bad. Anything would tell And me. not bad in a good way. No. Like since Freddie got fingered, like he just really hasn't that. I mean, you know, yeah. And it's a certain kind of humor if you liked Freddie got fingered or whatever, but, and it's not really my sensibility, but, like, I can appreciate when movies are funny for a certain audience. This is not that. Such potential, though, because interviewing monsters and Bigfoot, to me, in my head, I made up a whole thing. Oh, yeah. Where Tom Green was going to be going around, like, found footage-wise or something. Literally interviewing Bigfoot and monsters and people who chase them or something. Like, I made up a whole thing in my right. head. And that would have been so not epic or anything but i would have been amused by that mm -hmm. but no i'm sorry i've got some slop i can throw back yeah at please you. please throw the shit back uh, in my face <laughs> i watched a movie called pledge night okay oh that sounds really quality well, it, it's 1990 but if you watch it it looks like it was filmed in like 1984 <laughs> it's an american slasher film and that's why you chose it right the plot follows a college fraternity that incurs the wrath of a deceased pledge named Sid, who died during a hazing years prior. The film's soundtrack is provided by the American heavy metal band Anthrax, and the film also features the band's lead singer, Joey Belladonna, as a young version of Sid. Okay, first of all, it's bad. Like, not even good bad, it's you bad. You did say it was slop, so... Um, <laughs> it, it's really more about... Most of the scenes were either like a woman getting gang banged and pretending like she liked it. Oh, good Lord. Like is it's 1989. These, these, it's 19. Well, it says 1990 here, oh, okay. but it's on that okay. cusp. Okay? okay. So yeah, it's like the girl that's like, Oh my God, you both want to fuck me. Let's go upstairs. And I'm liking this. And they're like, you start. No, you start. She's like, don't I get a choice? Okay. Your, so these are some of the, voice. these are some of the scenes that to me were far more I know terrifying. That girl. I know that girl. Um, 
so in order to become a <laughs> member of a, of the fraternity, the applicants have to go through like this hazing process. And so as the whole movie is basically the hazing process and all these different frat parties where the original, the ghost of the, the guy that died <laughs> in the hazing years before yeah. starts to murder everybody in the house. Mm. It is, and the okay. guys, and the guys that they choose for the frat brothers yeah. are so ugly. Like, oh no! You think that they would at least choose like a good? I mean, the movie's terrible. Like, at least pe give people something to look at. These guys would never <laughs> be this fraternity for what they make it sound like. Yeah, like I they're the ones getting all the, the all the women, right? And I'm looking at them, going, "There is no chance in hell any of you are getting that." Oh, I see. It's so bad. It's basically a frat party with murder scenes. You know, it's I, I mean, not that I was expecting much. No, but no, I know, but it definitely it made you mad. These were those movies <laughs> in the back in the day where it was really just an excuse to get a woman on camera naked and well, half and it's assaulted directed by a woman, which is fascinating, right? Yeah, I mean, I looked that up. And Joyce and Veronica. Oh no, no, it's directed by a guy. It's written by a woman. Oh, because yeah. I have Veronica pa Zilkova as the director. Oh, Paul Paul Ziller and Joyce Snyder is what okay. I have. Yeah, I'm looking maybe at we're looking different at a then. different one. But anyway, it's uh, or maybe that's the actress. I don't know. It doesn't matter because it's horrible. It's we're terrible. saying don't watch yeah, it. <laughs> they're probably both bad. Which one, everyone you're looking at. So there you go. There's some slop for you. I I did want to mention. Speaking of slop, which is this is more fun slop talked about shark week last week i wanted to follow up and tell you that ouija shark we did not watch the ouija shark for shark week but i have seen the ouija shark movie and it's good fun shark slop and has even worse cgi than you can't even imagine how funny it is it's like a ghost shark because it's a Ouija shark because mm -hmm. it's the Ouija board. It's like a devil shark. And they, I mean, if you were to see pictures on the internet of the Ouija shark, it's a bad CGI shark, only it's a ghost. It's a possessed shark. Well, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. so it's a little bit transparent. Oh, God. So it's a Ouija shark. Okay. Anyway, Ouija shark 2 oh. surfaces with wild first look photos. You can Google... It was just a year ago when Ouija Shark, I'm reading from an article on Dread Central. It was just a year ago when Ouija Shark was first summoned into our lives. <laughs> now the B-Horror franchise is back and ready to finish what it started with Ouija Shark 2. Oh my God. Wide Eye Releasing has informed us that their latest schlock fest is currently behind cameras and is prepping for its upcoming release. Word has it, the film is nearly finished shooting. It could come out as early as later this year. I know you're excited. Mm. The Ouija Shark franchise, I love that they're calling it a franchise. That's amazing. Is brought to us by Wild Eye Releasing and Survival Zombie Films. The newest film in their pipeline will see uh, John Migliore, a fan favorite from the first film, taking over the directorial duties for the imminent sequel, Ouija Shark 2. Jesus. I'm sorry. It's it's. Pepper loves this movie. <laughs> she and I watched it together, I think, with some other people. And we're like, she was like, this is fantastic. And I'm like, this is the worst movie I've oh. ever seen in my life. But it's a lot of fun. Pepper, you've changed. <laughs> to be honest, she hasn't. To be honest. <laughs> 
We were going to close out by maybe giving, I think, unless you have other movies. I I think we were going to close out by talking a little bit about, we both watched the first two episodes of American Horror Stories, which is the 2021 TV series that's an anthology series of mostly standalone episodes delving into horror myths, legends, and lores, except for that the first two are, they go together, part one and part two. And there is, as of when we are recording, there's a few more episodes out as well, but we have only watched the first two. Do you have any early thoughts about the spinoff show? It felt to me more like Scream Queens, Ryan Murphy's Scream Queens, if people have seen that. It definitely felt more like that than it felt like American Horror Story. And what's that quality like for Uh, those people who haven't seen Really campy. Okay. So so take the same sort of thematic elements, Mm -hmm. but then add it make it more like glee oh, without the music sure it's just really so if you're walking the in top okay yeah if you're walking in thinking american horror stories it's you're not, probably going to be disappointed it's not american to me it doesn't feel like american horror story it feels way more like scream queens i think you're right i i mean i don't i wouldn't i don't know i haven't seen scream yeah. queens but i did see glee <laughs> so yeah. i i get that reference and that's really good though because i think it's helping manage expectations yeah. for anyone who hasn't started it if you go it into yet. it like that then it can be enjoyable but if you go into it thinking it's going to have the same temperature as american horror story it absolutely does not that's a little bit of a disconnect for branding like anybody who's going in because we were going in thinking american horror stories and i think a lot of the people that we watched it with were like what the well fuck is yeah because they're selling they're selling the murder house they're selling the murder house they're selling american horror stories they're kind of horror horror story sorry they're selling that yeah and, and what you're going in is like glee mixed with ghosts or exactly. whatever so i don't know i think that helps because expectations are really yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like what we are talking about with Ouija Shark or any of the other lower budget, fun, campy, fun movies that we watch is it's like you're not going into it thinking it's get out. No, you're going into it thinking I'm going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, that's I what I mean. I don't need to have it a message. I don't know how to know. I just want to see the Ouija Shark and how crazy you that know looks. that then that's, you know, then it delivers. I mean, that's right. The way I think about like when we talk about movies or whatever we do, quote unquote, review movies, we really just discuss them. But if I'm reviewing a movie, for me, the first thing is, did it do what it told you it was going to do? So yeah. it's like, Ouija Shark did what it was told me it was going to do. It was like bad and campy and silly and made me go like, what the, you know, right. it's that. So if I go into it and it's like American Horror Story, I'm thinking it's got basically the same name. I'm thinking it's going to be like American Horror yeah, Story. It's not. But I also, we've only seen the first two episodes. I, I plan on maybe, oh gosh. Well, we watched three. Oh, I didn't make it through the third oh, okay. one. <laughs> the third one's nothing like the first two. Okay, I didn't make it yeah. through the third one, so maybe you can comment on the third one. It was different? It it's, was, it's different. It's was different. it more like American Horror Story, or was it still uh, more like Glee? <laughs> it was less or Scream it, Queens. It was less Glee-ish than yeah. the first two, but it still, to me, didn't really feel like Okay, all right, yeah. so that's as far as we got. I know that American Horror Story has a new season coming out at the end of August. Mm-hmm. Will you be giving it a shot? Yeah. A lot of people have given of up course. on it. I, I will. I'll keep watching it. I a mean, lot if of people terrible, have given up on AHS uh, just because there it's been a lot of seasons. Yeah. But I mean, if it's bad, I, I, I don't need to commit to it, but I'll give it a shot. I committed to watching all of them at one point, and there were some seasons where I was real sad. I made that commitment, but I made it all the way through most of them. And you know me. I can usually find something. Yeah. The only one that I stopped uh, mid-season was Roanoke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people have given up on different seasons or what yeah. have you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for all that you do. Thanks for all you do. All right. This has been an episode of Shrink Chat. We love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. This is Shannon. And this is Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.